0: Welcome to the Hunt the West podcast, where it's all about getting outside, experiencing the outdoors, and having epic adventures. At Hunt the West, my only goal is for you to get out and hunt. I'm your host, Skylar Harrison, and today we've got a super special episode. We've got Sidney Smith coming on, and we are talking about some amazing things that he has done. Sid is a double amputee below the knee. And we talk a little bit about how he came to have that amputation. And he was even able to complete an Ironman race, which is an insane, intense triathlon. And we get into how long distances are, but it's a swim, bike, and run. And he was able to do it with no legs. Sid is just one of my favorite people, favorite influencers on Instagram and stuff. And you're going to come away from this episode feeling amazing you're going to feel so motivated and inspired to get out there and do hard things and that applies to hunting and applies to everything else too so if you want to have epic adventures and do hard things this is going to be an episode that is going to help you accomplish that goal so i don't want to belabor this anymore i want to get right into it here is my conversation with sid smith all right, Sid, welcome to the Hunt the West podcast. I'm so glad we could do this.
1: Sweet. I'm happy to be here, Skyler.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. Um, you're somebody that I've been following, I think, since Total Archery Challenge last year. Um, somebody posted, tagged you in an Instagram post or something. I've been following since then, and um, you've been one of the most inspirational people for me in a lot of ways, but um, in one of the most important ways for me that is made an impact on my life is I ran a marathon because largely because of you. <laughs> and I was like a 0.0. Have you seen those stickers on people's cars? <laughs> like a 0.0. Yep. I was like, yeah, no, running's the worst. I'll never do that.
1: <laughs> then, um,
0: heard your story and kind of decided to get into that and then noticed that you were a hunter too. And so, you know, I just kind of connected with you in that way. But, um, if you, I want to hear your story and I mean, I already know your story, but for the listeners, Tell us a little bit about your background, um, how you became an amputee, and um, a little bit about that.
1: Sure. Yeah, when I, uh, I do some public speaking, I always uh, ask the crowd, what do you guys think? If it's a bear or if it's a shark? <laughs> and usually with kids, they're, you know, they say it's a bear because I live in the mountains pretty much. And, and then I always psych them out with a slide that shows a, the awesome image of the bear shark. And is like my favorite <laughs> animal that doesn't exist, or like the liger, uh, just to throw them off. But uh, yeah, my uh, just a brief, you know, history about myself um, and how I became an amputee. Um, my name is Sydney Smith. I grew up in Provo, so I've been a Utah boy pretty much my whole life. Other than when I left for a mission and you know lived down you know near the Arizona border, but currently I live in Vernal, Utah. Um, I grew up uh, hunting and fishing and, um, you know, loving the outdoors. It was just kind of a, an escape for me and things that uh, my dad got me into. And it's just kind of something even today that we still bond doing. Um, and it's a tradition that his dad did to him. And it's a tradition that I hope to continue with my son as he's starting to get involved as well. But, um, I, uh, Something unique about me that a lot of people notice is that I am um, missing limbs below my knee on um, both, and what uh, happened is is I had a disease, well, I still have a disease, excuse me, called charcomary tooth. And what that is, it's a uh, progressive uh, genetic uh, muscular dystrophy that um, uh, causes deformation um, progressively. So as a baby, I was born with a normal body. And as, you know, a little bit in elementary school, it it, it started to change where my feet started to de- deform and causing problems with balancing and playing and tripping. And so when the, I went to see a specialist, my well, me, my parents took me there. And hey, it's when he had said that I have this disease and, and that uh, things can get progressive and sometimes depending on the person or the disease of the strand it it may not get worse it could just be high arches and so sort but unfortunately over time it got worse and uh, I had probably 10 different surgeries lots of braces lots of big mechanical things that went around my legs and then um, uh, about age 33 is when it got so bad that I couldn't really walk you know even to the back of Walmart and had to, I had to take breaks. And so, um, as you know, a hunter and trying to do activities, it was almost impossible. Live everything, I became very proficient at road hunting, uh, because of that. So, uh, the doctors looked at it and because of all the surgeries and the abuse that I give it and I had, you know, problems too. I had some broken bones. I, you know, didn't take care of and it had all kinds of issues. And, um, uh, they said that uh, we can amputate them or just fuse everything together, and, but you won't have any mobility with your feet. Um, so more than likely, you'll be in a wheelchair. So that was kind of the decision at that time that I had, you know, the chance to live a life um, possibly that's active uh, with taking the risk of prosthetics or, you know, not, you know, just kind of be a little bit more mobile and still keep my feet. In mobile, excuse me, and still keep my feet. So I we decided that that's the route we wanted to go is to go with amputations.
0: And at this point, you're like married and have kids and stuff too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. At this point, I was married and I had uh, uh, just had my third kid.
0: Okay. So, how does that kind of influence that decision? I mean, if you're a single guy, I think I would imagine it would kind of I don't know. It'd still be a difficult decision no matter what, but like, how did that kind of play into it? Your family situation?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, if I was a single guy, it would be a little bit, I don't know if it, it would be easier just because the pressure of being the breadwinner, um, wouldn't be as high. Uh, I probably would have done it sooner. I think in hopes of, uh, uh my situation because it just is so unknown. I was hoping that maybe it was just a slump or maybe some weight gain and I just need to adjust or something like that. Or maybe there'll be some, you know, magic pill that's gonna fix everything or surgery. Um I think as a as a you know an adult with children, I was to prolonged it a little longer just because I was I didn't, you know, I was kind of a nervous of the chances of what life would be like with prosthetics. I mean, living in a small town of Vernal, I did not know a single person that, uh, was an amputee. And the one, actually the ones that I did know that are like on social media are, you know, people that, you know, are heavier and, and had, you know, diabetes or someone that lost it to, you know, an injury or, or a war injury and so, so forth. So, uh, for me, it was, uh, the drive to get the prosthetics was that it was, I felt like it was the best chance to still go to work and maybe even have, you know, a normal life, I should say that, you know, hold a nine to five job and, and, um, still, still do the responsibilities that I told my wife I would do when I asked her to marry me. So that was, that was the drive there. Yeah,
0: man. I can't even imagine that. I mean, that just rock your whole world. That's crazy. And so at this point, did you, had you been doing triathlons and stuff? Um, or was your main activity like physical activity and stuff like hunting and fishing and hiking and stuff?
1: Uh, prior to the amputations and and all that. Um, I no, I I swam in high school because of sports. I really, I'm kind of a competitive person. So I still really like sports. I just, you know, with bad feet it was really hard to do it but swimming i could do so i swam um and you know i knew of the sport a little bit of triathlon just like i knew it was a swim bike and run and i had no idea of the distances and stuff like that um but uh you know and then of course i love to hunt and, and fish and it wasn't really until after did i i've taken hunting and fishing and you know archery and and triathlons to you know a more serious more competitive level okay yeah
0: and then so um what made you want to like do a triathlon so you're like oh yeah now that i don't have legs i'm going to do a triathlon (laughs) Uh,
1: well it's uh, uh, there's a couple things you know some some of me uh, part of me is like i don't know why i I'm doing this because who likes to run running hurts, you know, nobody
0: likes running. They're lying.
1: Yes. (laughs) Uh, So it's a couple things, you know, the fact that I, it was, it was very, you know, it's just, I couldn't do it before. Um, I mean, I, I would, to try to run with my braces was really more damaging than anything to do to my body. So, the fact that prosthetics is a, allowed people to do that, it opened up my eyes that, you know, there's probably things out there that I didn't even know existed. And then one day when I was in the recovery from, the, from my um, second amputation, the, the Iron Man was on TV and uh, I was just, you know, watching it, didn't know what it was really, didn't even know what it consists of. I knew it was a triathlon, but I didn't know the distances was, you know, the the longest you can do for a triathlon and, you know, people take years to train for. And so I was just watching it. I just thought it was the coolest thing to see the determination, to see people, you know, overcome, you know, not only the physical challenges, but the mental challenges to do it And you know, it's something that requires, you know, effort and almost to be obsessed with to even do it. Um, but I didn't know an amputee could do it. I thought, well, it's just for the elite athletes, the freaks of nature that can do something like that. And, um, after, uh, doing some research, I discovered that it is possible and that, you know, amputees have done it before. Uh, not a lot, but a few have. And so it was just something I felt compelled with. And I don't know if it was the pain pills talking or what, but I felt, <laughs> I felt pretty good inside that that's what I wanted to do.
0: That's crazy. So, okay. So explain to people who don't know, like what's the difference between a triathlon and an Ironman? Cause they're not the same.
1: Well, they're very similar. So your, your triathlons, um, your traditional ones are going to be into two different categories. You have your sprint and your Olympic distance and your, your Olympic distance is going to be a, uh, a mile swim, a 26 mile bike ride, roughly, and a uh, 10K. Um, and the sprint is half of that. Now, an Ironman is just in its own category. It's kind of its own brand. It's still a, a triathlon that consists of a swim, then a bike, then a run, but it's at the most extreme distances and it's on, you know, pretty hard terrain. So an Ironman is a. Uh, uh, 2.4 mile swim, and then a 112 mile bike ride, and then a, a marathon of 26.2 on the run.
0: That is completely nuts. Before, when you said, oh, that's only for crazy people, I think you might be a little right
1: on that. <laughs> oh, no, no doubt. No so, doubt.
0: So um, talk about the the training process for that and just with the extra complications of, you know, extra prosthetics. I mean, cause you've got special ones for biking, you've got special ones for running and then they don't allow prosthetics for swimming too. So how did, how did that training go? And what was that like?
1: Uh, you know, the training is really the big part of the story. You know, if you, when you think of the Ironman, it, the race itself is, is just, you know, icing on the cake. Um, the training's everything. In fact, I don't really talk about this very much, but the training for me was kind of my safety net when it came to dealing with um, uh, uh, being you know limb loss. It just it allowed it was kind of an escape. Um, but it, when 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 I first heard about the distance and I was just like, man, I, I don't even know how that's even possible. Like even just doing one of the three seems like a huge feat. Yeah, but, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, to do all three of them all in the same day, and you have to do it in a certain time frame because you, you know, they you go f- further than six or seventeen hours, then they you're not considered an Ironman. Um, but you know, it's just it, it it's a principle that I that was taught to me as a young kid. Um, I uh, had a I wanted some Legos as a kid, and I never really had a chance to understand legos because it was i was too young you know i didn't i always wanted them because you see them on tv and i finally got some for christmas and you know you see this box of it was like a castle of some sort and i thought when you open the box that the castle was there and you just can play with the lego guys and and uh um it wasn't there and so like I, somebody
0: bombed my castle
1: yeah, so oh <laughs> castle. And I looked to the instructions and i like, Oh crap, you gotta put it together. I was like, I didn't understand, I was too young. So I just put the the Legos under my bed and just played with the guys and you know, my dad, you know, said, Hey, let's let me show you what we need to do and you just gotta go step by step. Um, and then eventually as we, you know, look at uh you know, each instructions and, you know, put down a brick, that's what ended up you know, looking like a giant castle. And the same thing goes with something like training like an Ironman. You know, you, you can't think of the big picture because you'll, you'll get discouraged. And, and really, you can relate this to any large goals in your life. You just got to work step by step. And so for me, the training began with just easy stuff, you know, things that I knew I could do, like swimming. Um, it was hard at first because I'm so used to kicking. And now that I can't do that, I had to focus on, you know, getting a, a swim coach that helped me swim with more of my arms, my upper body, but still focus the way I hit the water. Um, so that way I wasn't sinking um, with my legs. And so that took some time and that just was over time, just progressively got better each day before I be- eventually became just as fast as I was in college as I was, you know, with legs. And so. Um and then the next step went to biking. Um the first time I went on my road bike, I went eight miles and I called my wife and I said, I can't I can't go any further. <laughs> you need to go pick me up. <laughs> I kid you not true story. You're like
0: I'm about eight miles away from home.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I couldn't feel my boys or nothing. I was like, This is insane. This is only eight miles and my legs are like jelly. Um uh, so Uh, yeah, that was, that was a big thing and just slowly progressing and getting further and further and, you know, developing calluses and, and, you know, losing weight, focusing on power and different things with my coach that helped me, um, you know, get faster and get better hurdles and stuff like that. And then came the running and running is, is, and still, and always will be the largest, um, challenge just because of the, you know, the, you know. My situation with prosthetics and and it was just you know being able to walk and trying to trust in um, prosthetics, not feeling the ground and so forth, and then you know just have confidence in relying on a piece of equipment other than my own body uh, took some time mentally, and then um, just the overall muscle condition. So because of prosthetics, there's a lot of misconceptions that that uh, uh, carbon fiber blades. Um, give you an advantage, which is not true. If anything, that you don't get toe cramps. That's probably the only advantage. You get. <laughs> but for every bit of energy that I put into it, I get about sixty to seventy percent back, even with the highest, best feet out there. Um, and so, for every mile, from what my uh, prosthetic experts and the guys that build feet, uh throughout the country, for a double amputee, for every mile that I put in is like you guys running almost two miles. And so it just, my body would just, just get wrecked all the time with running. Yeah. You know, that makes goal. sense.
0: Cause you like you, you you run with, you know, somebody with normal full legs, you run with your ankles, your calves, all those <laughs> muscles are pressing and pushing off and taking the load off of your other muscles with, with each step. And when you don't have that, yeah. you're just using your quads basically yeah that makes sense yeah there's
1: there's a lot of that for me being a double because it, it the, the the amount of balance that are on a uh from uh, on a blade is about the size of a deck of cards so it's like similar to running on your toes um and so my stabilizer muscles are what oh, yeah. would, would really fatigue fast and that you know in my iron man that was really put me in a in a in a bad spot but yeah, the the stabilizers is what most double amputees or even amputees struggle with because of the you know if you look at if you look at your foot when you're you know barefoot and if you're just trying to balance if you look at all those nerves and muscles that are just constantly working to balance just even the the littlest muscle on your baby toe um, you know that's that plays a huge role. It's contributing, yeah. yeah, contributing. So.
0: And that's crazy. So yeah, like I think that's just amazing life advice, whether you're training for something physical or going through something personally, just taking it one day at a time and saying, well, today I'm going to run three miles. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about the marathon after a long swim and a long bike. (laughs) You're just like today I'm running three miles. And if you do that, then reward, you know, pat yourself on the back and consider it accomplishment because it is. And I think that that's just amazing advice.
1: No, thank you. It it seems to work and like, you know, what some people don't get and it's 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 not easy obviously cuz when there's going to some there's going to be days that um are going to be a step backwards or you're going to take some step backs but um overall it's just it's going to take time to accept the you know, the more that you focus on your goals the better it's going to be regardless if you're moving forward or backwards.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And I think that goes right into the hunting world and goals with hunting. You know, people will put a number on their goal or, um, you know, a, a size or a number of animals or something like that. And like, I don't think it really matters what your goal is as long as you are clear on that and you are working to achieve it. So like, for me my goals are not to kill a 180 inch buck. Mostly to just make myself feel better cuz I can never find them. <laughs> but like they don't exist. They're, high, they're
1: <laughs> mythical creatures. Yeah, they are.
0: But like my goals are to just get close to a deer. I mean this year was my first year archery hunting for mule deer and my goal is I want to get within bow range with to a, a buck. That was like, That was like my goal. And obviously if I took one home, that would have been the cherry on top. And so, yeah, I think that's that's good advice to everybody to like keep your goals in perspective and take micro goals that fulfill your larger goals. You know, like training for an Ironman. You got to do that long run today or that long bike ride in preparation. And yeah. Cool.
1: How was your uh, marathon overall? How'd you feel like you did? Um,
0: it was horrible. Um, I feel like <laughs> such a wuss <laughs> complaining about my marathon when I have like two fully functioning legs. but um, <laughs> yeah, like for me, i i I didn't train enough. Um and I knew I didn't. Um we had a baby a couple months before I ran it, and then we moved. and so I was like dealing with moving to a different county and you know like the training just kind of fell to the back seat and i did a couple long runs and then i like injured my calf just like a few weeks before the race mm-hmm. and so i took some time off and um to let that heal and I, like i didn't train quite enough as quite as good as i i wanted to and um so i finished it took me a lot longer than i was planning on finishing and I kind of messed up my knees in the process because, you know, at mile 20 or so, 19, like I was in, I was feeling it in my knees coming because it was the Ogden marathon. And so you come down Ogden oh, yes. Canyon yes. and I think at about 17 miles is when you start your descent down the canyon. And that's when my knees were starting to give out. And, yep. and so I walked for a few miles and then some old lady passed me, you know, she was like... <laughs> there were old ladies past me everywhere and they were like young man are you okay and i'm like i don't know and um she gave me some ibuprofen and um so that was the i i shouldn't like i should have planned better i should have taken some ibuprofen with me cuz i i took that ibuprofen that got me through the last few miles and then like you know unhealthy amounts of caffeine toward the end and just powered through but yeah like the but like what you were saying of how the training is the you know like kind of the the bread and butter and then like the race day is just the, the cherry on top i mean that's a whole mixed analogy there and the cherry on your bread and butter but you know what i'm saying like oh, yeah. the, like training i i felt better and felt more accomplished on my training days than i did on race day and that's awesome yeah so that's how it was for me but anyway, so. Yeah. One thing I I wanted to talk to you about is just like the, the, the principle of mental toughness and how, um, like, tell me, tell me about a time when you wanted to quit, whether it was a hunt or a race, like training, whatever it is, like when you wanted to quit, but you didn't. And why did you want to quit and what helped you push through?
1: Hmm. Um, you know, there was there was a couple times. Um, one that that stands out uh, was actually um, about six months before the race, and I I had um, I had signed up. You know, the race itself is like nine hundred bucks, so I put in a lot of money. I have a had a coach and had a lot of people cheering me on and sponsors with different things here and there and. And, uh, I was really peaking high on my running and I thought, you know, there's a good chance I'll break the record for, um, a double amputee. And so, um, you know, I, I, one day it was actually after my best run, um, I had like a sore on my leg and, and I get sores all the time, excuse me, on my stump. I get sores all the time on my stump from running and I usually it's fine well, um, like a few days later, it ended up not being fine, and I didn't notice it at the time, but I had a real bad infection and i you know I went home and I thought I just had a nasty fever and cold and so I just slept in bed and I woke up, and I couldn't put my leg on because it had just gotten so inflamed and and the bacteria inside had just gotten so big that it got super red so um I went to my doctor and he gave me um some antibiotics and the antibiotics didn't work. So a couple of days later, I was like, Holy crap, it's gotten so big that it's just like twice the size. And so they took me into um the doctor and they looked at it and they and they poked a hole through it and it was just not to sound graphic, but it was just nasty. It was like
0: and abscess thought, has yeah. formed there probably,
1: yeah. Yep. Um, and so they, uh, you know, did some samples. And, of course, it was a bacteria, but it was a double infection. It was not only a kind of a rare staph, but it was also uh, – had a strep to it as well. And so um, the uh, they said you, their only way to get rid of this is through surgery. So they had to go in there and um, – it had grown up, up and around my knee and, you know, er about, you know, right after I amputated my leg, the first time um, I had a, a similar infection and I didn't take care of it. Cause I of course didn't know what I was experiencing. You know, I just thought this hurts and I'm getting sick because I just lost a leg. I didn't realize that I had an, an infection. So, it got so bad that they had to reamputate a little higher. So when the doctor told me that the infection had started to get into my knee, I was like, "Oh crap!" You know, I can't I can't, I can't lose my knee. That's that's a huge part of my functions and what I do. You know, it's it's really hard to to be an above knee amputee. And, and so um, we did some MRI work, and they got you know the surgery done, and they did some more tests, and they got me on you know, um, a pick line and IV, uh, antibiotics. And, um, we were able to save the knee. Um, but, uh, as a result, I had surgery and I couldn't walk on it for six weeks. So.
0: And how far about, out are you from the marathon or from the Ironman at this point?
1: I, this was in May and the Ironman was in November. So about okay. six months. So I'm in the hospital room, you know, just super upset. I thought this is over, you know, everybody, all my friends and family was like, well, you, you know, maybe next time or um, actually some of the, my really close uh, family uh, was even suggested don't, don't do it. I mean, this is, you know, you're still a young guy, you're still need to take care of your kids, et cetera. And you're going to, you know, ruin yourself permanently Um, is it worth it? And so that, that kind of stung a little bit because there are people in my life that I highly respect. And so it took me a while to kind of, you know, think about, you know, maybe I should quit. Is this even worth it? Um, I talked to my coach and I, you know, gave him the bad news that I'm, you know, six to eight weeks before I can even attempt running. Um, I don't, I, you know, am I, is there still enough time and, you know, bless his heart. He, he uh he just explained to me he says you may not have the fastest time um you know but I think we can work out a program where we're going to focus heavily on your swim and your bike so that you can get off enough time and you could manage through the run and you can have the you know spend a lot of time on your run to get through it and so um that's that's all I needed to hear that you know that there was that possibility and deep down I knew if I didn't uh, do this race, if I told myself I was just going to quit, there was a high probability that I may for all the effort that I'd already put into it, that I may not want to go through this process again. And so I, you know, I, I knew myself that, I, that, that could, I could have, uh, quit and, and never even tried it again. So, um, I decided that we're going to keep going and, uh, the rest, you know, has paid off. So,
0: yeah, I remember when you were um, posting about that on Instagram and I think everybody was like, when, when you t- posted about how you got the infection and stuff, I think everybody was like, wow, like we're cheering you on, but we totally get it if you back out now. Yeah. And, um, but when you announced that you were, you're going through and going to push forward, um, I don't know, I just kind of scroll through the comments every once in a while and I saw that, you know, it was overwhelming positivity. And yeah. I think that's, that's just amazing. When you're when you find that shred of possibility, mm-hmm. um, in whatever aspect of life it is, uh, you hold on to that, and you can do amazing things.
1: No, it's it's true. It, I mean, it helps to have being surrounded by positivity, you know. And I and I think that's been a huge part of my success. Is that I've I do my best to step away from negativity and drama, whether it be situations or even people. Um, and that's that's definitely been a huge key um, to strength for me. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Yeah.
0: So so tell us a little bit about the Ironman itself. Like, so it you've you've had your setback, you've gotten back on the horse, you've trained even more, and now it's race day. Tell us what's going through your head and what happened on that day.
1: You know, it it was. It was an amazing day. I mean, I uh, my wife just because of young kids and 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 iron in triathlons, half Ironmans. I've done a few of those. Um, It's it's not a real huge spectator sport, and so for my wife to try to bring all the kids to cheer me on on and you know a long long day event
0: because it's in Florida, right?
1: Yeah, it's a long thing to ask. so. Yeah i i We got a babysitter and we got my wife we traveled down there together. It was around our anniversary, so we thought we'd celebrate our anniversary down there too um and uh you know Florida's beautiful, like when we left vernal, it was negative two it was during <laughs> that, yeah it was during that cold snap around Halloween that we had and and we we landed in uh Florida and it was eighty two so it was quite the difference yeah um that's awesome but uh it was beautiful um the uh the event itself is huge i mean it's you know they roll out the red carpet you know literally and you know um uh, figuratively and they uh you know they they iron man themselves they they did kind of a special showcase of me just because of the it's such a rare occurrence for someone to do this and It just they they shared a lot of my story through some social media and and, and, in documentary videos that they made um, and showed it to the group just you know kind of get them all pumped and psyched about this race and so forth and um, it was a beautiful day I mean the swim uh, was you know like I said I spent a lot of time swimming and biking just to be prepared uh, for that run Um, the swim went really well. the uh you know better than I anticipated uh there was some moments of fresh, you know uh nerves just right at the beginning because I knew this was going to be the longest day of my life I knew this was going to freaking yeah, hurt I knew, kidding. I knew I was going to be tested yeah. I knew there's some demons that are going to come out and try to get me and so there's some moments right at the when it went off that I was just trying to calm my nerves and and breathe even it was just it was kind of choking me up a little bit. And and just as a kid i was afraid of the ocean um like jaws i think traumatized me i so <laughs> i saw this big old stingray and it kind of freaked me out a little bit but the swim was good uh the bike went really well um i felt like i could have done better um uh, there was some things about it that um it, like they they changed the course just right before so it was a little bit more elevation gain. And so it kind of cut my time a little bit. And then the wind was a lot worse than what we were anticipating too. So that, that cut my time down a little bit. Um, and then, then the run, I mean, uh, once I got done, the run, the run just, it literally was, there were so many ups and downs and there were some moments of doubt. There were some moments of, you know, you know, just mental frustration, but in the end it was, Uh, it's uh, those battles were won, um, and uh, it was just a a a reward that I I can't even explain. There's nothing, you know, more exhilarating than I've ever gone through.
0: Yeah, that video of you crossing the finish line. I'm not gonna lie, that that got me a little choked up. Like seeing that and been following you this whole time, like watching you cross that finish line. I think just I don't know. It got me choked up thinking of, you know, how yeah. it was just super, mo- I, I'm at a loss for words because it's just, it was just so incredible. And that's basically all I can say about it. That's amazing.
1: And oh, thank you.
0: So, um, what, so how long did it actually end up taking you? I think th- this, this Ironman thing is like so big to people. I don't think we even have any idea of like what kind of day that is. So, How long, how long did it take you to do each, each section and how long did it take total?
1: Um, I have to go back to look at specifically the, the swim was about an hour. Um, and the, uh, the, the bike was a a little over six hours and then the run was around eight hours, uh, with all the transitions and so forth, the whole thing ended up being uh, 16 hours and 27 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, sounds like the worst day of your life,
0: <laughs> but also now, the best, you know, it like,
1: was, it was a little bit of the best, you know, a little bit of the worst and a little bit of the best, but yeah. I think that's what made it, you know, if it was easy, it, it probably wouldn't have been a, a life changing, memorable experience for me. So, yeah, that's so true, man.
0: Cool. Well, um, <laughs> So what's coming up for you next? Like what, what are you excited about in the future? What's coming up for you?
1: Uh, You know, I get that question a lot, um, especially right now. Um, You know, my, my main focus is is just not to settle. You know, I, I know settling, I think just to sit back and get comfortable and take breaks um, can be dangerous, you know, whether it be weight gain, depression, um, or creating bad habits. And so that's been my mentality is to not settle. I mean, since even since the Ironman, I still haven't missed a workout. Um, I may have changed it. Like I'm lifting more weights um, and I will always be a triathlete. I will always continue to do the swim, bike and run Um, at the Ironman level is still up for debate. Um, It was a, it was, it was a big toll on my body, but not, I mean that I'm not as worried as much as, as it was for my wife you know, that it is a huge time consumption. I mean, there's, uh, there's weeks that it was 25 hours a week. And I mean, Saturdays were virtually gone for a whole year. Yeah. Um, and so it it is a big commitment and it was tough cause I would miss out on some, you know, some of my kids events and, and, um, uh, hunting and stuff like that. And, and so now, you know, there, there is a possibility with, physical challenge athletes that when you compete a seven complete a 70.3 Ironman brand or a full Ironman brand uh, you're put into a hat where they could draw your name to be in the world championship course um, it's not a necessarily a time qualification it's it's more of you know a lottery and so if that happens that might bring me into that but um, I think if I were to do the full Ironman it will be um, probably when I can have a better idea of managing my time of where things are going on with my life. But um, I have lots of goals. Uh hunting, of course, will always be there. Uh, I've started uh, an organization called Disabled Outdoorsman, uh, Utah chapter, where I've teamed up with my buddy down in Texas, where we are showcasing and giving opportunities to hunters that um have a disability or impairment here in Utah. Uh, so we've kind of been organizing that. I got a team of guys that have, uh, uh, joined me on my board and we're just going to, um, you know, work together, um, with my buddy Keith. He's also co-founder of that. Um, and, uh, that's kind of, that's kind of one, um, rabbit hole that I decided to, you know, spend a little bit of time on, um, trail running. I'm actually going out to Nashville this, uh, weekend to get different legs, um, Cause I've kind of worn out the ones I have with my limbs and uh, we're going to look at a setup that will help with trail running. So cool, I've, cool. I've, you know, dabbled on the idea of endurance runs. Um, I did, uh, I'm going to um, put an application to uh, do the Loadedja, which is a 200 mile bike ride from Jackson hole to um, um, Logan. Logan. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, which when I, uh, taught to the race directors, they have never had a double amputee do it on a road bike, and so um I thought that would be kind of cool to be the first one to do that so those are those are all kinds of things that I'm throwing out there i i like I said I'm still training for anything anything goes but um i'm I'm getting close to where i'm gonna just officially say this is my goal, and I'm sticking to it
0: cool that's awesome yeah it's such an inspiration I mean yeah i i know this this episode is going to be a hit because um just hearing you talk right now i'm just like so motivated like i want to just go run a million miles and go work out again and stuff like and it's you have a special ability to to even being so humble like to get people to to accomplish their goals and it's it's an amazing thing
1: so I like I said it's important. I think what I, I mentioned at the beginning it, it, it's an escape for me, but I think you know if it just just my issues of limb loss, you know that that's just something that you, people can see physically. Yeah, I'm not anyone special. I, I think everybody has their own version of their limb loss or their own you know issues that they bear and they just may not be uh, visible. And so I, I've always encouraged it, even when I do my when I do my public speaking, or people just you know come to me for advice, is just to say, hey, look, I there's you know what I do, you can do, you know, especially if, if I can do it, you definitely can do it. You just a lot of it's finding that will, um, you know, f- you know, focusing on some of the your goals, and and it, it is you know that mentality that oh I just want to be comfortable and I just want to sit back and relax and you know with my bowl of ice cream and netflix you know that's that's just so dangerous to me yeah definitely and and i think if people start focusing on that and and living a life of fullness they'll that's where i've found to that you'll you'll have abilities and patience you'll have strength of overcoming challenges when the next one comes around and you'll be a better person of it and happier
0: that's so true cool well thanks for coming on Sid. this has been amazing um where should people go to um learn more about you if they wanted to book you to speak where should they go to do all that
1: so uh yeah if they if they want to just follow my story right now I'm um instagram's kind of where I spend a lot of my time and um, you just got
0: a puppy so if you want to oh, see yeah. the puppy <laughs> <laughs> yeah talk about a challenge you
1: <laughs> if you don't like dogs then don't follow me because i love my dog and i love posting pictures I've my we've always had a dog but it's been more my wife's dog um a little little poodle but now I have a man's dog I should yeah, say hunting dog a hunting dog and and man we've been having lots of fun but uh as far as the public speaking goes um because of uh the the time that I've taken um I I, I have some time as long as I can get things Going in, in advance as far as uh, travel, uh, most of my efforts have been here in Utah. I, I still have a nine to five job, and then some that I I is you know priority, and, and of course being a father. And so if it works, um, and if it's local, it's helpful. If it's out outside, then it's a little bit harder. But just message me on on social media. I'm pretty good at responding um, uh, to Instagram, which is uh, try no feet um, try t r i underscore no feet.
0: Cool. And we'll link to that in the show notes and everything, but um, cool, man. Thanks for coming on. This has been awesome. I really appreciate you coming on. This is, this has been great.
1: Yeah, no problem. I enjoyed uh, talking to you and and good luck on your shows.
0: Thanks, man. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Sid Smith. That was one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done. Sid is just a powerhouse of motivation and inspiration and he's such a humble guy. So I'm so glad I got the chance to talk to him. Um, I don't think we can overemphasize how amazing of an accomplishment it was for him to do what he did. So I hope that that just listening to this episode has been helpful for you. And you can remember it when you come across a difficult situation in the field while you're hunting or even just in daily life. So go give him a follow at try underscore no feet T R I underscore no feet. I'll link it in the show notes and You can see those in your podcast app, wherever you're listening to this, or you can see them at huntthewest.us slash 12. This is episode 12. So go ahead and do that. Make sure you are subscribed to the show and whatever app you're listening and make sure to leave a rating and review that really helps other people find the show. Share this one with a friend. This is a good one to share. Um, Everybody needs to hear this message. So go share it, get out there, do hard things accomplish your goals and get out there and hunt the West.